Good afternoon, DC family. Today is Friday, January 17th, 2020. I am one of your hosts, Frank, of this wonderful podcast, Wizards of Gallery Place. And I'm joined today by my other lovely co-host, Brendan. Brendan, how's your week been going? It's going good. It's good to hear. And as always, this podcast is brought to you by DMV Sports Network your number one sports source at the local professional collegiate level in the D.C., Maryland, and Virginia area. So on today's episode, we have a bevy of Wizards news to get into, some major, some not so major. We'll start with the lesser news first. Um, Five days ago, the Wizards re-signed power forward Jonathan Williams to a two-way contract. and In the process, they converted the two-way contract of Anzes Passesnakes, or AP, for short, because I'm never going to say his name right, so we'll call him AP. They converted his original two-way contract to a standard contract for the remainder of the season. So, Brendan, from your perspective, uh, what do you think of these two moves? Goes, uh, I was a little disappointed when he was let go, so I'm glad they were able to bring him back, and hopefully they can work with him going forward. I liked his minutes when he was playing uh, earlier on in the season. Right, and I guess, I mean, the only question with these moves that lies now that they've happened is with AP, who plays the center position, you kind of have a bit of a logjam at the five now because Thomas Bryant is back from injury, albeit he's been on a minutes restriction, which likely won't last very long. Um, so you have Thomas Bryant back from injury. You still have Mo Wagner, who's hopefully going to return sometime soon. And you have Jan Mahimu, who's been giving you some surprisingly competent minutes, as well as AP. Now you have four, four players at the position that you could argue all deserve some minutes in the rotation. So how do you think that's going to play out between the four of them? Yeah, um, I mean, really, I just think that when Bryant and Wagner are both healthy, that there's not really going to be a spot in the rotation for either Pass the Snakes or Mahimi. However, um, Brooks recently started Bryant at the four, and while I don't think that's a perfect role for him, I could see them maybe experimenting playing Wagner at the four because he has a little bit more of a handle, and uh, he's a little bit more quick. Oh, he's quicker than um, Thomas Bryant. So I could see them trying that, say, if Rui isn't um, healthy. But if Rui's healthy, Bertans is healthy, um, Wagner's healthy. I mean, there's going to be no spot in the rotation for AP or Mahimi. So basically, you think this is more of just a short-term, um, a move with the short-term in mind rather than the long-term? Um, I mean, I guess they'll have to see where the roster's at next year because they could go and trade Thomas Bryant this summer or they could go and trade Mo Wagner. I mean, you never know. And it never hurts to... Um, have the third big in case of injury like we've seen now. Like, they were missing so many bigs, and then AP came in and um, had a has had a solid season so far, I guess, given the circumstances. So um, I guess I would also view it – I mean, I get the short term, but I also get the long term because, like I said, injuries and all that, you want him to stick around the program so that, you know, when injuries do happen, he's ready to go. Yeah, and I guess you can never have too many uh, able bodies, especially at – a position like center where injuries are, I guess, increasingly common, at least this year for the Wizards, as they haven't had Brian or Wagner healthy at the same time uh, in several weeks now, 
which is unfortunate, but uh, AP should be, you know, commended for his performance. Um, I'll be in a small sample size so far. Um, but yeah, I guess we'll just see what happens. Um, but props to AP for making the most of his opportunity. Um, the most headlining and biggest news right now coming out of DC surrounds uh, Bradley Beal. And it's not very, not very good to say the least. So um, after the other night, the Wizards, when they dropped the game to the Chicago Bulls, Beal was particularly down in the dumps in his post-game interview. Um, here are some quotes from what he said when asked questions by Candace Buckner and Fred Katz. He said, quote, I don't like losing, so it's going to keep blowing up for me until we start winning and changing our culture. And then he was asked what is missing in the culture, and he said winning games having that winning attitude, winning habits. And then, following that, David Aldridge released a report um, for The Athletic saying things of the nature that Beal is more unhappy now than he ever has been um, in his Wizards tenure, and he's more angry than ever before. So I guess this is a lot to unpack, but just your initial reaction to this, Brennan, was what? Um. My initial reaction was, I don't understand what he's upset about. I mean, you knew going into the year that this was going to be a tough season. You know, it wasn't like they were going to come out here and compete for, like, you know, the fifth seed or anything like that. And, you know, they have left some games on the table that they could have won, and I'll give Brad that. Uh, but the main thing that everyone was looking for heading into this year, and, and again, fan expectations are different from player expectations, but the general expectation was just to see guys improve that next year when Wall came back, we were ready to rock and roll. And I think that that's what they've been doing, relatively speaking. Again, even though they, I mean, they have left some wins on the table. Um, so I'm not quite sure where his head is at or if he's going to want to be a part of the team going forward, but... Um, and I understand his frustration, you know, not playing with the most solid group of guys sometimes, you know, can be a little bit frustrating. But again, a whole part of this process was the way that Grumfeld has constructed the rosters. It hasn't been done um, to benefit the Wizards. And so when we all scream, you know, keep draft picks, get young talent, that's exactly what Shepard has been doing. So I don't know what Beal's opinion on all that is, but I mean... I don't see anything wrong with, um, you know, any of the moves that Shepard has made now. If it's a personnel thing, and, you know, like Beal's been saying, you know, they don't have the the winning attitude and all that, and some players care more um, <clears throat> about the gram or whatever he said, something like that. I mean, that that's a thing that they can handle in-house. It's not like all these guys are veterans and are going to be stuck up about everything and have their own opinion that's the way it's going to be like a lot of these players are young so it's his job as a leader uh, to step up and you know fix that things and not run from it so and it's like how many times have we heard over the past two to three years about culture culture this culture that the culture's not good in the locker room yada yada and just when it seemed that the tide was starting to turn and that you know thanks to the moves that tommy shepherd made and the guys he brought in it just started to seem like the culture was changing for the better. And now you have your best player, your two-time all-star, who comes out and says something like this, and it's like, it's really just a head-scratcher, right? And Beal signed the extension in the offseason knowing that this wasn't going to be an immediate turnaround. And he said 
he talked about how you know he wanted to see it through and he wanted to be a part of the change he wanted to be a part of the change in this organization so i mean a lot of the time when there's smoke there's fire and when you, when you have Beal saying things like this and then you know the report from the athletic comes out like is there is there more to this story you think behind the scenes or do you think it's it was just a spur of the moment you know Beal was frustrated after a tough loss and he just kind of said whatever was on his mind or do you think that you know this resentment he's that he has has kind of been building up for quite some time now I mean, being a part of teams now that should have went to the Eastern Conference Finals a couple of times, uh, that should have at least made the playoffs a couple more times than they did, should have advanced, you know, overall a couple more times than they did. I mean, wouldn't you be a little frustrated too? I mean, yeah, I would. And I, I get what you're saying. It's just the whole, I mean, it, the whole situation is just kind of weird to me. And I mean, from my perspective, I think Beal, you know, he deserves some of the credit. I mean, it's a little hypocritical yeah. from the no, come yeah, out and he say does. this stuff. Because he is the leader of this team. He he talked about wanting to take on the leadership role, you know, carry that mantle and help these young guys develop and, you know, change the culture, as he, as everyone's been talking about. And then he was out. He missed several games. And while he was out, and I'm not saying, I'm not trying to harp on him too much or, you know, this isn't personal or anything, but while he was out, the Wizards look, you know, pretty good. They beat several several of the top teams in the East, a couple of good Western Conference teams. They were it was a high energy effort. They moved the ball well. And since he's come back, they lost to the Jazz and now they lost to the Bulls. And then he's saying all this stuff in the post game and it's like, you know, I, I just what what do you make of all this? Like I know I just asked you that. But like what is the significance of of his comments and you know, where do the where does he and the and the team go from here? That's honestly, like, I I would love to give an opinion on that, but it's like, we just don't know, because, again, we don't know if this is just a short-term thing with him, or, um, like you said, has everything been building up over time? Like, that's a question for him, but, you know, he talks about building a winning culture, and the team hasn't been winning for some time. And even when they have been winning, they could have won more, and they just didn't. But let me ask you this. You've been on Twitter, right? Occasionally. Okay, so... My thing is is going to the fans here really quick. I remember another All-Star not playing particularly well last year, and when some people tried to criticize him, the fans, the fan base ran to defend his honor. How, however, this time around with a different All-Star, um, you know, not doing his share and complaining, people are jumping on Brad. Like, I don't think I've seen anyone defend Brad. Yeah, I don't know. It's It's tricky. I mean... Him and Wall are just different. Like, although they're in similar situations now, like Beal's in similar situation to where Wall's found himself in the past, it's just like they're different, you know? I mean, but, I guess, but, I mean, at the end of the day, if you're not doing your part, then you deserve some of the criticism. So I don't know why everyone's so quick to jump on Brad now, but last year and, you know, the year before when people try and criticize Wall, it's, oh, my gosh, you don't know basketball. Yeah, no, I get what you're saying. And I think a lot of it's just recency bias like the fact that Beal signed his extension not too long ago and then all the fans were like we're very excited you know and they're all like all right Beal's is loyal you know he he wants to be with the team he wants to help create change but it's just you know Wizards Twitter is tricky like the mob of Wizards Twitter Twitter is real like when when things go south Twitter Wizards Twitter goes along with it you know what I mean and people just kind of say whatever, whatever's on their mind a lot of the time without 
without any logic or reasoning behind it, not calling anyone out in specific, just just a blanket statement. Yeah. I think that's what's a lot of fan bases in general and social media. I know, I mean, Twitter is just toxic. So, I mean, you're just going to get toxic, toxic stuff uh, all over the app. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's been really frustrating. And, and it hurts to see him frustrated, right? Because as DC fans, like, we appreciate loyalty. And even though, like, I may have thought Wall played like dog crap last year, but I still love the guy to death. Like, like he's my point guard. You know, I remember getting his shirt the first year. Um, you know, right after he was drafted, I remember I had like two or three pairs of his shoes. Like, you know, couldn't find a bigger John Wall fan. But when players are not playing well, then they deserve to get criticized. And I don't think that either Wall or Beal should be exempt from that. You had the uh, the Zigtecs, you mean? The Reebok oh, yeah, Zigtex. man. Yeah. Those are fresh, man. Those were the shoes to get. And I had um, the newer ones. I think the twos is what they're called. I don't remember the name. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I had those too. They were like grayish, kind of. Yeah, yep. they were pretty nice. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's tricky and it's hard to finger point, or I say, it's hard to pinpoint exactly, you know, where, what the issue is and where Beal's frustration stem from, stems from. Obviously, he wants to win games, which is commendable. I mean, that's everyone, everyone on the court and in your locker room should want to win games, but. I can't imagine he's turning his back this quickly on the process because he knew going into signing the extension and going into the season that this season was going to be less about winning games and more about player development and culture change and all that good stuff. But, yeah, I don't know. It's just – and can we just say one thing about the uh, the Miami Heat fans who, of course, have jumped all over these comments and are in the are in the Twitter mentions um, – you know, under when Fred Katz posted the video of Beal's um, post-game com- comments in the locker room, there was immediately like 15 to 20 Miami Heat fans just posting gifts and stuff like, "Oh, if you want to win in culture, come to Miami." Yada yada. Like he can't be traded this season. Now that he signed the extension, right? Like he can't be traded um, until until in the off season. So it's like, come on, like what are you doing? Well, doing I had again? the most interesting debate with Heat fans on twitter and it comes to find out that post lebron james that they haven't had much success um actually the wizards have had more success than the heat um you know prior to the season and after lebron left so i don't know what you mean by winning culture exactly because it's been just about the same even with a dumpster fire gm like ernie grumfeld yeah but i mean until until the heat fans actually see beal wearing a heat jersey i think they're just going to keep doing this like over and over again and it's obnoxious and like annoying but i guess it is what it is at this point but well they should and do... it's, it's flattering in a way it's nice to know that an entire fan base wants your player but i mean the matter of the fact i wouldn't be against trading brad if you know a push came to shove but miami's not the team to do a deal with because they really don't have anything you know outside of kendrick nunn or tyler hero that we would really want and then even then you have to take on a bad contract with it so yeah and I mean, it's it's just it's frustrating, I guess, to hear all this stuff resurfacing. But let's just like looking forward, right? Let's say the rest of the season kind of goes the way that it has been, you know, more losses than wins, kind of up and down play, mm-hmm. and then the Wizards finish with somewhere between like twenty-five to thirty wins, mm-hmm. and Beal kind of continues along these lines of after losses, he's, he seems frustrated and all that stuff. Yeah. Do you think he's gonna? 
like what are the chances if you have to say that he would actually request a trade in the offseason if, if that scenario unfolds? Well, I know it's hard see. to project, but do we think that wall would help try to keep him here? Well, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, that's the big elephant in the room. That's the wild card. They and would talk... Wall even want to be here? Because if, if him and Brad are close, and I know they are close, right. then he starts to get Wall thinking like, oh, man, like this place is, is just, you know, we want to finish our career somewhere else. Like, I don't know. Um, if if Beal requested a trade, I can't imagine Wall would, would want to stay, probably. No, and, and at that point, I mean, honestly, it wouldn't make much sense for him to stay at that point, and, and, and vice versa, to be honest with you. Yeah, but it's like they talked about wanting to run it back, you know, give it one more chance to see if they could create a contending team with the two of them at the forefront. Well, this <clears> is where Tommy has to step in and say, okay, well, what is the problem? Is it really a player's thing? Because there's nothing wrong with, have, with having a player's meeting. When you have a lot of young players on your roster and maybe not everyone is on the same page, again, there is time for these players. You can mold personalities. It's not like these guys are all like, Jeff Green and Brandon Jennings in the locker room, like these are young guys that just need maybe need to, um, you know, be nudged in the right direction. What if this is all somewhere somehow because of Ernie? Like, what if it's the ghost of Ernie Grunfeld and he's still just lurking around in the in the practice facility and in the locker room and in the arena, and he's just he's just pulling strings and ruining everything? Let's not talk about Ernie. <laughs> But I will say this too, like if it's coaching, like they got to make a switch. And I said, you know, and I've been saying this all along, that if the Wizards play good, we saw improvement, the culture was fine. I'm not against bringing Scott Brooks back next year and maybe even extending him. But at this point, I mean, it's still just the same issues. And, and I'll give this in his credit. The team has played really hard um, almost all season. And, you know, we've seen some young players step up and improve their game. You get credit for that. But at the end of the day, if you're not going to be that coach that's going to get in guys' grills and, you know, get guys to doing the things they need to be doing, then you got to make a change. And it's not always about, well, this guy is good at this thing, so we're going to keep him around. It's what is this team lacking, and is this the right guy to, you know, correct that error? And I don't think that Scott Brooks, he's not a disciplinarian. He's just not. Right. He's a player's coach. He's a player's coach. And we knew this, but at the same time, you know, by all accounts, at least from an outsider's perspective, it seems like him and Beal have, have a pretty solid relationship. I mean, there's never been any indication that they don't. So do you think maybe it is a coaching issue? Or or do you think it's just, like, when he says that he wants to win games and he wants to create a winning culture, is it that simple? Or, or what are the chances that there's more to it than just that? I, I just think it's a combination of things. I wouldn't think it's one thing or the other. I'm sure it's a combination of... Um personnel and i'm sure it's a combination of coaching and then i'm sure it's also probably a little bit of frustration with himself even though he'll probably never admit that yeah i mean that's a good point but let's say hypothetically the wizards i know we've talked about this a lot let's say they fire scott brooks after the season do you think beal would be willing to you know to see it through with another head coach and basically just starting over from scratch at least from a coaching perspective i mean maybe the best course of action would be you know, Shepard approaching, approaching Beal and Wall and say, okay, you find a coach, you know, you, you have a, a good amount of say in this hire of the head coach. You call Sam Cassell, you give him whatever he wants, and you bring him in. 
Yeah, that could. I mean, you've been singing that tune for a while now, and I'm I'm not opposed to that. No, think about it. He was the one that was behind their development in their younger years. He was the one always, you know, in their ears talking to them. He's had plenty of years now being an assistant coach. Why not give him a chance if they really like him, if he's one guy that can get through to them? And we know that Sam Cassell is more of a disciplinarian, and he's definitely a defense guy. And, you know, he's coached under some great coaches. You know, he's um, a lot of defensive-minded coaches and um, Randy Whitman and um, Doc Rivers. Like, those right. are two guys that, you know, Randy Whitman may not be the best coach. I still would prefer him over Scott Brooks to some extent. But, um, I mean, in terms of, you know, disciplinarian and how to handle players and all that, um, you know, when they're not playing well. But, I mean, you get my point. We miss He's you, Randy Whitman, wherever you may be. Yeah. Um, I won't miss, you know, the players not really digging him a whole lot. But, I mean, again, we're getting off topic here. But, yeah, I mean, Sam Cassell is – I think the perfect guy to bring in and it makes so much sense. He has the, the wizards connections. He knows wall and Beal. If there's anyone that could come in and turn this thing around, I think that it would be him. Has is Randy women coaching anywhere or do you know if he's, if he's gotten any sort of assistant coaching job since, since he was fired? He does. He works um, in the front office for the magic, I believe. Oh, okay. Or well, the, good. it's either the Magic or the Pacers. Um, I can't remember which one it is. I think it's the Magic. Oh well, that's good for him then. Maybe that's maybe that's why the Magic have been unbeatable when we've played them this year. Yeah, the scouting but, report is out. But yeah, I mean, we used to always beat the Magic though, and now like we can't beat them. It's so weird. Right. But like you're saying about Sam Cassell, I mean, if he did get the chance to come back to the Wizards and be the head coach. I can't imagine why he, he would turn it down. I mean, obviously, no. Doc, Doc Rivers is not going anywhere anytime soon, so he's not going to become the coach of the Clippers. Especially, like, hypothetically, if the Clippers win the title this year, then Cassell has a, you know, he's part of that championship run. So why not come back to the Wizards and take over the reins as the head coach, you know? The question would be at that point is, uh, I'm assuming the teams will want to go after him this summer because, again, like we've like I've been saying, you know, he's a guy that's been around for a while. He has the assistant coach experience. At some point, you would imagine he's going to want to make that jump and see if he can, um, you know, turn things around. Uh, uh, you know, um, with with him as the main leader. The question is, is is are there going to be other jobs out there that are maybe more intriguing? Now, in terms of being competitive, I would think not because if you look around the league. Uh, the Lakers coach isn't going anywhere. Uh, the Clippers coach isn't going anywhere. The Bucks coach isn't going anywhere. Um, you know, I mean, I guess you're talking about maybe Brett Brown gets fired, but even then, I still think the Wizards' job is a bit more intriguing. So that that would be the only like major head coach I can think that would get fired this season or at the end of the season. I mean, yeah, and then maybe Mike D'Antoni. Yeah, could be, but either way, he those are the only two like perennial playoff teams that he would have the chance to coach. Otherwise, he's looking at, if not the Wizards, maybe the Knicks, maybe the Cavaliers. But either way, why why would he choose those teams over the Wizards, where no, he has the you, familiarity and you have yeah. more established talent? You know, that's the and that's why I think that this job would be perfect for him. Right. So I mean, ideally that some situation of that nature would unfold, but obviously it's all speculation. 
because Scott Brooks, for for the time being, is still the coach. But I can't imagine that Beal would not be on board with with hiring Cassell as the head coach, especially Wall too, because we know Wall has been outspoken in in being a uh, a big advocate for Cassell, and he's talked about his role and his development back you know back a few years ago. Yeah, and, and it's not like this guy has bounced around from team to team. Uh, you know, in his playing days, he did, but as a coach, I mean, he's only coached in two places. Like, he started his coaching career here and then followed Doc Rivers, who he played for, by the way. So that's the connection there. He played with him, um, you know, for Boston. And so, um, you know, it's not like this guy's been bouncing around from team to team. Like, this guy is well-respected around the NBA. He's a former player, was a solid point guard in the NBA, you know, a, a good journeyman, a good guy. I mean, again... Um, you know, and he's from the area. He went to um, high school in Maryland. I'm looking at this now. So, um, I mean, which, again. Which high school did he go to? Does it say? Um, uh, let me see. Paul Lawrence Dunbar? Uh, it's in I'll, Baltimore. I'll pretend that I've heard of that before. Okay. Well, and then he went to a Maine Central Institute, which is in uh, Pittsfield, Maine. So, interesting. But yeah, a I mean, he has the, on Sam Cassell. Yeah, I mean, he has the the local ties. Um, you know, he has the professional local tie. I mean, I don't see how um, he doesn't make sense and shouldn't be the leading candidate for the Wizards, assuming the job opens up at some point over the summer. And I think it should, by the way. Um, if things keep things keep going how they are, the the only way I think Scott Brooks should keep his job is if they make the playoffs. So basically, you're saying he shouldn't keep his job. I mean, why should he? So just looking, just looking forward, right? If you had to guess how the rest of the season is going to go, as far as as it relates to Beal, like, do you do you think they can start maybe winning some more games, or or do you think maybe Beal, if hypothetically, if he made All NBA, or if he started in the All Star game, is, are those the kind of things that could possibly you know perch his attitude up a little bit? Um, I think that it ultimately is going to come down to winning. Um, you know, the all NBA stuff, you know, call it whatever you want. Um, it's, I don't know. I don't think he would get too phased by that. Like, of course we think he earned it last year. Um, we think he's definitely going to get it this year in some capacity. So I wouldn't be so worried about that. But the thing is, are the wizards going to turn around and win some games? And like I said earlier in the show, it's not like they're just totally outmatched every game. Like they've been leaving a decent amount of wins on the table. Uh, despite right. being so injured and, and I and you know right now like if the Wizards were healthy they probably have a better record I mean I think that that's pretty safe to say so um do I think that they could win some games going forward I mean yeah I think they could but they could have been doing that all season so I, I'm not 100% sure that they're going to turn it around in terms of wins and losses right and while we're on the subject of like the all-NBA and the all-star voting the uh, NBA actually just released I think their third round of the returns for the all-star voting and i'm not sure what your thoughts on the fan voting is in the all-star game i imagine i, I don't like it right so beal is ninth among eastern conference guards what here, are you serious yeah he's ninth um he's just i want to say twenty thousand, thirty thousand votes ahead of fred van vliet oh my god he's trailing ben simmons jalen brown zach levine really uh, oh, wow Kyle Lowry, Derek Rose, Kemba Walker, Kyrie, Kyrie Irving, and okay, Trey there Young. will be 
there will be no D Rose slander from me because I absolutely love Derrick Rose. Like that's one of my favorite players of all time. Agreed. But everyone else, like okay, Kemba, whatever. But everyone else, like how Kyrie hasn't even really played. Yeah, he didn't play, and now he's back and he's doing Kyrie Are things. Are any of those players better than Beal? Uh, no. Like Kyle Lowry. Kyle uh, Lowry's cheeks. Well, I mean, fan voting has always been kind of a joke, and this is just another reason why. Well, and I'm sure, like, the, the recency bias with them winning a championship and all that, I mean, I'm sure right. that plays into it. And Fred Van Vliet is in the top ten. Like I said, he's right behind Bill. Right. So, there you go. But Derrick Rose, I'm not going to argue with. He should make the all-star team. So, but, if it, it, but if it's either him or Beal, I mean, it's got to be Beal. But I love Derrick Rose, so no D-Rose slander. But, like, in your opinion, how much should being a being a oh, I'm trying to figure out how to say this how much should wins and losses matter when it comes to individual voting or individual contests like in an all-star game because you have someone like Trey Young who's on a Hawks team that's worse than the Wizards this year by a decent margin and he's first among all guards um, in the Eastern Conference in voting and then you have someone like Kemba who's obviously having a decent season in his own right but he's on one of the best teams in the conference and he's third, and then Beal's all the way at ninth. So, like, what's your perspective on that? My perspective is who's having the better season, and that's who should make the All-Star team. I don't care about wins and losses at that point. Um, uh, MVP, okay, sure, but uh, when it's about the All-Star game, I mean, it's about individuals. It's not about the team. Like, we saw that one year when the whole Hawks starting five made the All-Star team. Like, that was obnoxious. That shouldn't have happened. Was it? It, it was Horford, Millsap, and Teague, right? Who were the other two guys I can't think of? Carroll and Corver. Damari Carroll? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that, I think that all five of them made the All-Star team. That was, that was ridiculous. Yeah. Corver was probably scoring like 10 points a game and made the All-Star team. Crazy. Cor- Corver's a bucket, though. I'll give him that. But... And so, Damari Carroll was really good that year. But yeah, anyway. so I, I agree with you that it should, you know, who's having the better season. But then why is Beal at ninth? Because he's among the league leaders in scoring. Like, he remember has... that one year Beal got snubbed for Mello simply because Mello was Mello? Yeah, exactly. But Beal has the numbers. And it, right. I mean, in terms of popularity, he's, is someone like Jalen Brown more popular than Beal? I mean, maybe. I doubt it. Uh, because Celtics fans are toxic. That's why. So. I just can't fathom like Beal being ninth in the guards behind all those dudes. He's having a better season than a lot of them. And I mean, it's fan voting, so like it's, it's we shouldn't get too worked up about it. It's just, I don't know. Well, this is what happens when you let 11 and 12 year olds control the All Star game. Like, I'm sorry, but this is what you get. So I'm trying to remember is it fan voting? So is, does fan voting determine the starters? Is yes, that how they it works? determine the starters, and then everything else is decided. That's, that's silly to me. Yeah, see, but other people like it too because, like, well, they're going to get views if people see the players that they're going to get. Okay, like, number one, I don't watch the All-Star game anyway, but even if I did watch the All-Star game and all that stuff, I would want to see the best players out there. And I know it's kind of a joke anyway, but, like, this is on guys' resumes. Like, imagine being, like, um, I don't know, uh, say Donovan Mitchell, uh, you know, and he's going to make the All-Star game as he should, but but say he was, um, you know, kind of on the edge in terms of fan voting. And, like, he lost a starting spot, let's say, uh, to Alex Caruso. 
Like that's on like that's on his resume that he lost um, an All Star spot to Alex Caruso. Well, Caruso is actually ahead of him in the voting now that you mention it. Is he? By, by this by uh, so Caruso has eight hundred ninety four thousand votes. Oh well, my! I was joking. Oh, yeah, wow. he has more than that, and Mitchell is somewhere like six hundred seventy five seventy three thousand. What a joke! And you know who's fifth in um in the Eastern Conference front court or sixth? Hold on. Um. 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 Hold on. Uh, Boban? Wait, no. No, Taco Full. Oh my god. Dude, see, that's it right there. Celtics and Lakers fans are just terrible. Like, they they are awful. Yeah, man. So, I guess getting on, getting a little bit back on track here. We talked about beyond everything. Looking ahead to the trade deadline, which is, what, month away? A few weeks? When, when's the trade deadline again? I don't know. I can't ever remember. It's in it. February. We know that, boys. Fe- February 6th. So it's really only a few weeks away. And we know that trade talks and everything is going to start heating up soon. So which players, first of all, do you think the Wizards will be buyers or sellers? And second, if they are sellers, which players on the roster do you think they could look to move? And if they are buyers, is there anyone out on the potential trade market? that you think could be an option for them to trade for? I think they'll be sellers. And I tweeted this out earlier this morning. Um, There are three names out there, and then um, I'm actually going to throw out a surprise name, and I'm probably going to catch a lot of flack for it, but I'm okay with that. So the three players I have that they could be interested um, in moving are obviously Isaiah Thomas, um, Jan Mahimi, and then I don't want to move him, but Davis Bertans, and then my surprise player and I'm sure I'm going to get a reaction out of you too, is uh, Troy Brown. That's interesting. I haven't heard that. I'm, I'm hit, I'll hear you out. I'm willing. When you talk about, when Brad talks about um, winning and building a winning culture and all that, and, um, you know, basically saying that things aren't being taken as seriously, we've heard Troy Brown admit several times that his rookie year, he did not take things as seriously. And, So now we don't know what his state has been. He's been an up-and-down player. He hasn't played well when he's been in the starting lineup. He kind of don't know what Troy Brown is at this point. Um, You know, he's kind of like a tweener, kind of like Sadoransky, and the Wizards eventually ended up moving on from Sadoransky because Sadoransky wasn't great at one thing or another. He was kind of just like a guy that blended in. Right. So, And I'm not saying that they should do it, I'm just saying it wouldn't necessarily surprise me if his name came up. Again, I'd keep him. He's a young player. Um, He's good at a number of things and certainly has time to improve. I'm just saying it wouldn't surprise me if his name came up like in a package deal. Like if they they wanted to um, get some sort of pick or another young player, like if they packaged John Mahimi and Troy Brown or something to get like, I don't know, say like a – uh, Robert Covington or something like that. Like that I could see. Yeah, no, I mean, I get what you're saying. I'm not necessarily would say I, I would be in favor of trading Troy Brown, but what you're saying no. makes sense. But, I mean, he probably has, outside of Beal and I guess Bertans, he probably has the highest trade value of any player on the roster. And I'm not including, not including like Rui or Thomas Bryant because obviously they're not going to be traded. But I think that Wagner would have a higher trade value, but I get what you're saying. Like out of the guys that could be moved because i don't think they should move wagner or bryant but i'm just saying like if it yeah. was like wagner or um like brown 
I mean, I think that Wagner would be more valuable, especially given the way he played, because he was so good when he was playing. Like, he was arguably, like, the second best player on the floor behind Beal. Right, so we talked about, you know, Troy Brown, and obviously Bertans, his name has been floated around in trade talks since for the past few weeks, even when he wasn't playing. Here's a name that I'm going to pitch to you, and you tell me what your thoughts are. What about Jordan McRae? See, I thought about that, but if I'm not mistaken, the Wizards have a team option on him. And from what I understand, and, and what we see, like him and Beal and Wall, I mean, he gets along really well with both of them. And his story is great. Um, I mean, who wouldn't want Jordan McRae at this point? Then he, but he'll be on a really cheap deal next year, assuming they accept his team option. I'm not sure that you move him. I get he'd probably give you a first-round pick in return or something like that, but... um. I mean, I wouldn't move him. Right. And I, I only say, only float his name out just because he, he's kind of, he would strike me as like a sell high kind of candidate just based on how he's played recently. Yeah. And the I fact agree. that he's approaching 30 years old. Yeah. And he's, on, and he's not on like an expensive contract. So it's not like any other teams wouldn't want to trade for him. You know well, what I'm saying? Well, here's the thing, too, is like there are a lot of shooting guards and wings coming out that are going to be in the lottery this year. And if, the Wizards decide not to trade um, McRae, and then they end up in a spot to take like Cole Anthony or um, that European guy, uh, Avdija or whatever his name is. And it's <laughs> that like European guy. Yeah, I don't know what his name. Is. I don't know how to pronounce that crap. But um, it's like then now you could have moved a guy for potentially a first round pick, and you know I, then you have a log jam at the position. So I, I'm in favor of like you know getting value for something when you can get rid of it as long as it makes sense. And I'm not saying that it would make sense, you know, one way or another to trade him or to not trade him. I'm just saying that everything should be considered. Right. So let's rank these players in terms of their trade value. Like which players would get you the best return. So Bertans, McRae, Mm -hmm. Mahimi, and Troy Brown. So, are we leaving Isaiah Thomas out of this? Oh, okay, yeah. I, I see you too. Sorry. I forgot about Okay, him. so, five players total, right? Uh, yep. Okay, so I would put Bertans at number one. Um, I'd put... Troy Brown? Troy Brown at number two. And then I'd probably roll with... Who are the other three? Oh, um, I, yeah. then I'd probably roll with McRae. Right, so then then, it's IT or Mahimi. Yep, and then Mahimi and then IT. Because Mahimi has played, I think, (laughs) relatively well. So, Who would have thought that at this point in the season we'd be talking about Mahimi would get you more in a trade than IT? Well, I said this like a couple weeks ago or something. Like, Who would have thought that Jan Mahimi would have been giving his best production the last year of his contract? Like, that's crazy. He's got he's got one foot out the door, and now he's he finally decides he wants to play at a decent level. What a dick! Could he use this the past three years? But nope. Yeah, and that playoffs against the Celtics would have been great, but I digress. So, if you just had to give your shot in the dark prediction, do the Wizards trade anyone at the trade deadline? And if they were to just stand pat entirely and not make any moves. Would that be would you be opposed to that? Would you be upset or would you be would you be fine? 
I'm not opposed to them make, um, not making any deals, and that's only because I think the players that I would really like just want to see move just because at this point are Mahin, me, and IT, and I don't know if you're going to be able to get anything for those guys. So, um, and I like I said, I wouldn't trade Bertans or Brown or um, McCray. McCray. So I'll be fine if they don't do anything. In fact, I think it's going to be a quiet deadline. But if I do think a player gets moved, I think it's going to be Mahin. Right, but, I mean, for someone like IT, is there any team out there that would want to trade for him at this point based on everything we've seen from him this season? Like, I think who... that there are some teams out there that would want him for, like, a second-round pick and maybe, like, a young player, right? Like I said this, like, in people... Um, I was talking with uh, Damo and Delante on Twitter, and they're like, you know what? Uh, if you're the Celtics, I would rather develop Carson Edwards. And, like, I understand that. But, like, if you're to tell me, like, the Celtics wouldn't take Isaiah Thomas for, uh, like, Brad Wanamaker in a second-round pick, like, are you tell me that they wouldn't do that? That's true. I guess the Celtics would make sense just because – not just because of the fit, but also, you know, the, sentiment, the sentimental factor there with IT. And, I mean, like, who else is kind of, like, missing a ball hand? Like, if we look at the standings real quick from the contenders – uh, because, you know, the only teams that's going to trade for um, Isaiah Thomas is if it's going to be a contending team. Like, th- these other teams aren't going to worry about it because they're not going to really get assets for a guy who sucks and is expiring. Right. Um, I mean, the Magic could use another point guard, I guess. Uh, I know Fultz has played well, but they still have DJ Augustine on the roster, don't they? Yeah, they do. Who's yeah, better so than, who's better than IT at this point? I mean, maybe the Pacers? Yeah, could be because really it's only Brogdon and then TJ McConnell. Oh yeah, and they have they have uh, what's his name Aaron Holiday too. But yeah, I don't know. It's murky. It's a murky fit, really, because it is just not what it used to be. And I know we've talked about that. And any team that's trading for him, you have to use them in a, in a very narrow and specific way. Otherwise, you're not going to get a good return on your investment. But uh, yeah. Um... I mean, maybe the Jazz, I doubt it, but maybe if Mike yeah. Conley is going to be injured. Could be. I guess we'll just have to see how it unfolds. Uh, somehow the, the trade deadline is, like I said, only like three weeks away. So I don't know where time has gone, but it's flown. Thank and... God. I can't wait for next season. If, if like Once we bring back everyone and maybe get Sam Cassell in here, like I would be really excited for next season. I really would. Yep. But, Not to jump uh... too far ahead because we could turn around and uh, – you know, in October next year, we're starting. We're talking about starting or trotting out a starting lineup of, uh, you know, Ish Smith, um, Cole Anthony, Troy Brown, um, Rui, Rui, and Bryant. And then this is all moot, but um, you never know. So I try to yep. be optimistic when I can. I got you. I'm the same way. Um, well, we'll see what happens, I guess. Uh, anything you wanted to touch on before we head out? Um, Nope, I'd say I'm good. Uh, my last point that I'll make is for all you hip-hop and rap fans, um, listen to the new Mac Miller album that just dropped today because it's amazing. And it might have you crying because it's just beautiful. But uh, yeah, that's all I got to say. Is it just unreleased music? Yeah, so it's just, um, I guess it was all the music he was sitting on before, obviously, he passed away, unfortunately. Didn't Eminem drop an album or something? He might have, yeah. I don't know. I've just been listening to this album all day, so that's all I'm paying attention to. I don't listen to white rappers, so like I don't know. 
Oh yeah, Eminem did drop an album. You're right. Yeah, I listened to like old Eminem, but um, it's called after, "Music to Be Murdered By." Nice. After Relapse came out, like I wasn't interested in Eminem, and I liked Relapse, but yeah, I got gotcha. you. All right, well, while we're getting off track, this seems like a good place to stop. So, uh, thank you guys for listening, and we'll try to. Uh, well, I guess we'll catch you next week with a new episode. See you guys. <laughs>